Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We start the week off in North Carolina. We'll be in Asheville. We're going to visit with Miles Dunder and the band Dr. Bacon after I talk to you a little bit about therapy, sort of. Years ago, I got into an accident at work where I ended up spending the entire month of my stomach when my back wounds were healing. I had scalded and severely burned my lower back. Well, about two weeks into my healing, I realized I haven't had a cigarette in two weeks. So I quit smoking. That worked for me. Now, don't suggest it for anybody else, but it worked for me. Well, thank goodness there's a company called Laser Therapy South located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed their own unique approach to tackle both the physiological and habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser Therapy. It's an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada over 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is also your quit date. The laser is a cold therapeutic laser. It doesn't produce heat. It doesn't cut tissue. Most clients actually report more like feeling having had a massage after treatment. Laser Therapy South. www.lasertherapysouth, where all your questions can be answered. Check them out today if you want to quit smoking. Laser Therapy South, where being a quitter is a good thing. Our guest, Miles Dunder from the band Dr. Bacon and Asheville, our first stop in our tour of North Carolina. Never been there. We've got friends in South Carolina. Everybody tells me I, I should not go to Asheville because I'll never leave. <laughs> they have a point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's supposed to be beautiful. The The music scene is fabulous there. And uh, I guess testimony from Dr. Bacon. I got to say this uh, while I was listening to the music, I was so excited to, to hear some funk because uh, I, I get a lot of singer-songwriter stuff and it's not a lot of band stuff involved with that. And then to have some funk on top of that, just really great way to start the day. Hey, you know, we we kind of live under the ethos of mix it up, but when it comes to funk, we we keep one foot firmly planted. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's something that we identify with, and we identify with the way it makes our fans feel, so we, we like to get funky whenever we can. That's great. So tell us about Dr. Bacon. How big is the band? There's six of us. There yeah. are six members of Dr. Bacon currently. And let's hear, who are they besides you? Well, there's me. Um, and then there is Jesse Talbot. He is our lead vocalist and he plays the guitar and some trombone and percussion as well. Uh, then we have Michael Crawford. He plays the harmonica and keyboards and synthesizers. And also sings Phantom of the Opera, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Gosh, just like me and the Dunder Mifflin. Thank you. Right. <laughs> he had that his whole life. That's kind of funny. Oh, wow. The Michael Crawford? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then... Um, from there, we have uh, Rory Joseph on the guitar, uh, lead guitar and vocals. Um, and then we have Matthew Gornto on the bass. Uh, and he's also our producer. He's produced our last three releases and he's okay. producing our new, album, our new album right now. And then um, on the drums and vocals, and I mean, he can play every other instrument in the band if he wanted to, but he, he plays the drums. Uh, that's Ben New. He's our drummer. And what do you play, Miles? I play the saxophone, um, multiple different types of guitars, and I sing. Okay. And, uh, tenor, tenor, baritone, tenor sax, baritone? Um, alto, tenor, and baritone. I alto. bring all three. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't guess play I... at the same time. I'm not really a Rasson Roland Kirk type player. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I, one at a time, I'm, I can hold my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. Yeah. I, I've seen shows like that, though, where a guy sits down this sax and he grabs the big one, and then he grabs the little one and grabs the big one again, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah intense so uh how'd you come together did you guys all meet at school did you grow up together or what um i was at appalachian state and in the dorms i met michael crawford he was across the hall from me uh he was illegally downloading music and drinking yerba mate uh and (laughs) we talked about wanting to make some music together at some point he had a history uh 
he had been in the orchestra um, at his high school, um, uh-huh. and he, he played the violin. I had been in a few metal bands. Um, I was mostly like in, into heavy stuff, uh, and I also was kind of getting into electronic music and stuff like that but yeah. i wasn't really sure if that's what i wanted to play um and we also met up with another guy named blake bostain he's not in the band anymore but he he was very much like integral to us getting together um and the three of us uh jammed around a little bit michael learned how to play the harmonica so that he could play with us um oh fun um, that was that was kind of his his instrument we wanted to make like a, a, a just anything that we could get together uh, and then we heard from a friend of mine that was uh, in a class, uh, a comms class with me, that there's this dude that brings his guitar out to the bar and sings. Yeah. And I was like, this dude is your lead singer. You know that, right? And I was like, really? <laughs> um, and we go there and we go out on the porch of Murphy's in Boone, North Carolina. And there's Jesse and he's strumming and he's singing, you know, everything from like 90s songs to hip hop covers, a couple originals. Uh, we ended up, basically on the spot being like yo we we're, we're gonna do something man um and as things progressed we started as like a kind of i like to call it like bastard grass or slam slam grass or something because we're not pedigrees when it comes to that i yeah. i grew up i grew up going to merle fest in wilkesboro north carolina um okay. so i'm very intimately familiar with bluegrass uh i love like doc watson tony rice right. peter Rowan, john hartford you know like the, the list just kind of keeps going, and right, going right, again. Right. um but i don't have the chops developed to play that i didn't grow up with a with an uncle to teach me the banjo or anything like that my parents are from jersey um <laughs> but, uh, like we basically kind of picked up on the energy of the bluegrass of the bluegrass type music in Boone, um, kind of like through like more modern bands like Old Crow Medicine Show right. and Aiden Brothers that were currently very successful. Um, this is in like 2012, 2013. Um, and we started busking on the streets for beer money, basically. In our what is, what is busking? Busking. Uh, we would set up a guitar case, have acoustic instruments, and just play oh, okay. our parents out as loud as we could get without amplifiers. Um, uh-huh. And just try to kind of, you know, get people to throw money in that guitar case. And a lot of times I did. Um, We started getting pretty good at it. So we started bringing in more members. Uh, We eventually got a residency at a local restaurant. And um, that was where we started writing our own songs. That was where we we got out of Coverland. Because basically every Sunday we had to go play. And we didn't have enough material to play different things every Sunday. So we would just kind of show up and try new things. Um, What kind of covers? What what are some of the songs you would cover? Oh man, uh, some some like dirty '90s, 2000 hip hop stuff in yeah. like style of bluegrass. I'm pretty sure you can still find it on YouTube. There's a cover of "Get Low" by Lil Jon and the Eastside Boys. It sounds awful, but that yeah. that, that, that <laughs> was something we, we started off doing. We became infamous for that. Uh, That's fun. Same with "Cult 45" by Afro Man. Um, yeah, we covered that. Uh, we also kind of tapped into like the there's like a trend going on of like Mumford and Sons acoustic music and stuff like that. So we've learned right. a lot of covers by like them and Boney Baron of Monsters and Men. And um, we were really into the Punch Brothers. Uh, so we we would not really like learn their covers, but we kind of like loved how they were this acoustic band that was as yeah. tight as a rock band and had this energy. And um, yeah, we we were just kind of like trying to ride the sound that made that was making Boone move at the time. Yeah. Very much. Of Monsters uh, and Men, man. It was such a powerful band. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but they were so powerful when they came on. I loved yeah. them. Yeah, we, we were really, really, really moved by that. Um yeah. th- that whole scene. Um, you know, a, a lot of people think back on it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, stomp clap, hey, you know, that's that's that Mumford trend. Yeah, um yeah. but without that we wouldn't have gotten off the ground. Um without that nobody would have cared what we were doing. Uh and also, there's a lot of roots of that in in Boone, North Carolina. Old Crow Medicine Show did exactly mm-hmm. what we did, which is they were busking on King Street. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they they did that for years. So King uh, Street is that is that a long stretch in Asheville? Is that one of is that like Beale um, Street or? Uh... It's in Boone. It's in Boone, North Carolina. Okay, uh, we, we were going to Appalachian State at the time. Um, okay. I don't know if I mentioned that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. I'm just yeah. yeah. We were, we were going to Appalachian State and um, Boone. Yeah basically 421 highway 421 turns into king street and then turns back into highway 421 okay because so up in in vermont where i'm i'm from half the year uh there's a street called church street it's a college town uvm university of vermont is right there and yeah. church street 
begins with a church. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. And it goes all I the way down, <laughs> all the way down to, to Main Street. And it's about eight blocks, six blocks, six blocks, maybe six blocks long. But it's lined with restaurants, bars, shops, so on and so forth. And that's where you'll find a lot of uh, busking going yeah. on. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Pre Post-COVID, not oh. so much. Post-COVID, not so much. Because I think some new city people got involved and said, hey, we can make money by selling licenses here. Yeah. <laughs> so you had starving musicians. And it, it's funny because at, at one of the festivals I was at this summer, because they had to pay a licensing fee to be yeah. on Church Street. They went off Church Street about a half a block, so they weren't <laughs> technically there. And and had people gather around. We'd go, and then you know we, and we're big con contributors. Whenever I'm out with people, we I always make sure that somebody throws at least a buck or two in the guitar case. You know. Oh yeah, that's what we do. That's how we try to support local artists, and I guess that's what that's about as well. Right? Oh, you got to tip the band. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I, I I even buy CDs. Third dollar, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I I, I here they. I, I buy CDs, even <laughs> even though I don't think I have, I don't have a CD player. But <laughs> I was going to say, send me an address, I'll send you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so so uh, you guys got together and developed a sound which is kind of unique. Your sound is kind of well, like I said earlier, like I, I like the funk part, but you've also got like a hip hop background. You got yeah, we... flavors of metal in some of your music. I was gonna say we we haven't even gotten to the to the real uh, the real shifting, yeah. Because <laughs> basically, when when we started playing in, when we started playing a lot in Boone, we wanted to electrify and you know start kind of playing a little louder uh -huh. and also maybe start jamming a little bit. We were kind of starting to catch on to not just like the the legacy jam stuff like you know fish and dead and, right. and panic and stuff like that but also the local north carolina jam scene which we didn't realize was lush really the, the, north, the north carolina jam music scene is incredible wow. um and not just like good in terms of like good music and good musicians but good people uh -huh. uh, and we learned that really quickly when michael and i went to a music festival called the big what which is put on by big something um really okay. something it just probably the big daddy jam band in North Carolina right now. Uh -huh. And they took us in like family. We like mentioned to them, Oh, we're starting this band, you know, stuff like that. And they, they were nothing but encouraging. They're like, let us know. Send us when we get recordings. Well, you, you can come play with us. You know, all this stuff they were, they were so nice to us. That is so cool. That is so cool. Cause at, again, Burlington similar, but other markets like St. Louis, I, I don't get that vibe. Now I'm not in the scene. Like I am in Burlington, but uh, the, it, when I was, I was in a cover band here years ago, and it was really competitive. And it was like dog eat dog. And I just, it's just such a different vibe. In, and maybe it's because it's a college town. Maybe it's because of the, and maybe in St. Louis, maybe it's just the pockets I went to. Mm -hmm. But it just seemed like it was really, really competitive. And and if you're not in the click, then you don't belong here. Unless you played blues and you could play down in Soulard, because anybody could play down in Soulard if you played the blues could, and and you could hold your own, you know, mm -hmm. you couldn't walk in there and just play one or two Willie Dixon songs or something. You had to, you know, like know your stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some of the music, so you evolved then from acoustic into the more electric sound, right? And with that, we kind of um, we we outgrew Boone a little bit. We I love Boone. Boone, North Carolina, is this okay. amazing little bubble of just culture and excitement, but everything in there stays in that bubble um, really and also boone is kind of tucked up in the mountains it's uh -huh. further east than Asheville, but it's up and it's like among all these mountains so basically when you're in boone you have to drive an additional hour in order to get anywhere else but boone oh wow because you wow. gotta get down from the mountain yeah. so that was interfering with our ability to play outside of the city because we would basically like have to budget in extra time to get to and from the gigs and we were in school and, and stuff like that. So we ended up thinking about moving to Asheville uh, because Asheville not only has a more active music scene than Boone, but it's right on 40. So you can yeah. zip, down, zip down to Atlanta, zip up to Virginia, whatever you want to do. Um, and when we did that, we moved to Asheville and then very quickly half of our band was just like, it's hard to live here. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And we found ourselves basically hobbled. Uh, we we did not have the musicians to carry on with with the music that we had been writing. But thankfully, Asheville is lush with music. Yeah, it's yeah, stacked, 
So we very quickly were able to find a bass player and a drummer. And um, we were working with with a newly guitar player that was actually from Boone, North Carolina. We, we met him in kind of the late stages of living in Boone. Um, and he still lives in Asheville. He's in another band. He's, he's not in Bacon anymore, but that was John Kirby. And John John Kirby is an incredible guitar player. Good guy. Yeah. Shreds. Too good for us, even. <laughs> um, and uh, we basically, with that addition of Asheville musicians, we were able to break into new ground that we hadn't really set foot on yet. Uh, we were able to bring the funk a little more. Mm -hmm. um just kind of like because the way that bluegrass and acoustic music is in boone funk and jam music is in Asheville. oh that's wow. the thing that sells that's the thing that people want to hear uh -huh. we very quickly realized that where we'd be playing some like you know like rootsy stuff and people be like okay but we want to dance like right, right. Um, and uh so we we broke into that and then also we gave into our guilty pleasure of everybody in the band except for michael crawford is a metalhead so like <laughs> we we just kind of started playing heavy music too and he is a wonderful man so he went along with it and didn't complain too much uh <laughs> <laughs> too much <laughs> that's all right so then you uh, develop the sound does somebody just say hey let's try this is it at practice with us or does somebody say hey i wrote this song let's give this a try or does something evolve from a cover that you've done or what um well, we, a lot of times we, that does happen where we will pick a cover that we want to play and then be like, this is a sound that we're good at. We should uh -huh. write like this. Um, but more often, it would generally just come from one of the band members bringing in like a, a nugget of a song. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, this is a verse and a chorus. It doesn't have a bridge or, you know, this is a cool riff I have. It doesn't have anything. Um, right. And then just kind of like throwing it to the band and letting us piece together a song from there. It's a lot of a leap of faith just kind of like handing something over to your friends and being like here uh, what what would you do with this what 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 are you going to do um and that that trust is kind of a lot of what what helps bacon do their thing yeah that's funny you call him bacon <laughs> so how did you come up with the name dr bacon this is a very difficult subject to cover because everyone seems to have a different story within the band really like, like person to person um it was a weird time and the name kind of happened to us uh my story is that we were playing some low-key gigs uh in the piedmont in north carolina and we were changing names every night kind of like what jeffro <laughs> told it yeah yeah um where you know one night we would be uh we, we were messing around with something bacon related um so one night we'd be kate bacon sale uh and the next night we'd be master bacon uh i for a while wanted to try starting a ska band so we we were messing around with some of the names that i was trying for the ska band like a uh, uh dr professor or um dr banana was another one but they said that sounded like the headliner in a male strip club uh, <laughs> and uh yeah you know, like ladies and gentlemen dr banana <laughs> yes it's real like uh, and then we played in my hometown in Hillsboro, um, at a place called the, I think it's, it's not a, it's not called this anymore, but I think it was called the whistle stop or the, the depot stop or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think now it's the Nash street tavern, but, um, we called ourselves Dr. Bacon and afterwards people walked up to us and we're like, Oh, so where are you touring next? When's your album coming out? We were barely a band. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> we, we barely had an hour and a half worth of material. Um, and they were treating us like we were real. So we were like, this name could do some heavy lifting for us. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And and it has. Um, it, it was a blessing. Um, but yeah, that it, that kind of became our name then. Um, also, the juxtaposition of Doctor and Bacon uh, was very appealing. You know, yeah. someone who gets you well and something that is salty and fatty and not good for you but makes you feel good. Right. Um, it's a perfect you know. combination. Yeah, Bacon, Bacon goes with everything. Um, Jesse, our lead singer, his father uh, is a pig farmer in West Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, and in the animal science community, uh, they call him Dr. Pig because he has his doctorate in veterinary sciences. <laughs> Dr. Pig. Dr. Pig. <laughs> so that that definitely motivated that. Um, and then also, if you ask the other guys, they'll probably throw out that we were influenced by Dr. Dog just because the name sounded so powerful and authoritative. <laughs> but we don't play music that's very much like Dr. Dog. We, we admire them very much. Um, 
I, I, band names are just so funny. I, you ever watch the show Louder Milk? I actually haven't. I, I have not either. I've seen two scenes from it. I can't wait to watch the show. But one of the scenes, he goes walking by these two guys that are outside, and he ends up saying something about uh, how they're dressed and how he assumed that they were such and such. And he said, uh, uh, ball cap wearing white guys in plaid shirts. He goes, sounds like a good band name. And he goes walking away. And one guy looks at the other and goes, it's not a bad name. Yeah, it's not a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. Well, let's let's talk music here. First song of yours we're going to play is a song called Behave. And, and I wanted to address this because there's a line, a, uh, a hook through the song that parallels one of my personal mantras. And, you know, I, I, I run a podcast. I ran my own business. I raised kids. I, um, I play music. I get together with uh, buddies and we jam till late hours of the night. I am building a recording studio at my house. You know, I travel. I do a lot of travel because I'm retired now. And people say, how do you find time to do it? And I say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And your line in the song is, I'll behave when I'm dead. Right? Yep. Or, I'll behave when I'll I'm dead. behave when I'm in my grave. When I'm in my grave. I just love that line. I'm like, oh, my God, you're stealing my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. uh, it's great a great, mantra. it's a fun song, really fun song. And I, and I agree with it totally. That I'll behave when I'm in my grave. Until then, look out, world, here I come kind of thing, you know. Who wrote that? Behave was one of the first songs that we um, came up with as a band, uh, like way back in the day. Okay. Um, I uh, actually forgot to, since since it was such a kind of chaotic beginning, I forgot to mention um, Tucker Jackson Galloway, who was our banjo player originally. Oh, okay. Um, he's now in a band called The Tan and Sober Gentlemen. Uh, they're, they're great. Um, amazing Irish punk. But him and Blake... And Jesse and I were kind of messing around with a couple chords, um, the, the kind of the verse section. And eventually, uh, I don't even remember who wrote the different pieces of it. I, it might have been Blake. It might have been Tucker that wrote the chord. I think I might have written the pre-chorus and then Tucker wrote the chorus and there's something like that. Um, but basically, we all just kind of wrote different pieces on this, this one idea, kind of like the the nugget philosophy I was telling you before. Right, right. Um, yeah. And pieced, pieced it all together. Uh we were at the time very influenced by bands like the Dirty Bourbon River Show, um, which they've broken up, but they were like a New Orleans funky, like circus music type thing. Yeah. Uh, and Sick. yeah, yeah. They've released like five albums and all of them are really, really good. I'd recommend no the Dirty Bourbon River Show. They, they're not around anymore, but they, they were yeah. so good. Um, and we, we, we very much were kind of into this kind of like, sinister but fun energy and i, uh -huh. I think we, we still do that like a lot of people when they hear our funky music they're like oh it's very dark it's fun but it's dark so um, like uh, icp meets uh, ragtime <laughs> something <laughs> like that yes um but yeah uh the cool thing about behave though is uh when we when covid happened basically the same thing happened that when we moved to Asheville uh occurred where about half the band was like we're not doing this anymore no yeah. thanks and you know, no no hard feelings it was COVID. i don't blame them uh right. but we had to regroup again um and when we did we were kind of thinking about like all right you know we're, we're not playing a whole lot of shows what should we record and we ended up say, picking a song that was an older song that we hadn't really recorded since 10 years ago uh, and doing it with the new instrumentation. So behave was the first song we recorded with our current lineup, the lineup that, that I told so, you about the beginning of the show. So was it originally a Boone's a, a song when you were up in Boone then? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Like, no. well, we're going to give, we're going to give it a listen to behave is the song. Dr. Bacon is the band. Miles Dunder is our guest here from Asheville. And uh, we'll give it a listen to right now here on the music of America podcast, the song behave. <laughs>
just forget all the lies you're telling me to Let's behave with Dr. Bacon, our guest here on the Music of America podcast, and our guest representing Dr. Bacon, Miles Dunder, will be with us in a moment. River Ridge Farm, Vermont's recreation lover's dream, is a gorgeous vacation rental nestled right in the Green Mountain state of Vermont. Actually, in the Green Mountains itself. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields and mountain views, a pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage. Go and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking and hiking trails, and other tourist activities, this spot is unique due to its multiple mountain views and, of course, the resident farm animals. When you make your appointment to go to the farm, talk to the owner, the host, Diana, about an interaction with the animals. My grandson went with us and we took him to see the pigs and he got to pet the pigs and the pigs were, you know, 10 times this size. He had a blast. And if you're not into the farm animals, then just stay in the comfort of the modern farmhouse, which will sleep 11 guests easily. There's enough space to throw an event like a retirement or graduation party, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. So check them out. River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville. When searching, you have to include the word Jeffersonville. They're on Facebook by searching River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. Same with Airbnb. River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. Vermont's recreation lover's dream. I brought up uh, Vermont to you earlier, our our comparison of Asheville and Vermont. And uh, have you, so it got me thinking, have you been there? Which got me thinking, have you toured? Because I know you did at one time. You were saying that how 40 could get you access to everything. Uh, Dr. Bacon has toured? Yes. Uh, we have a booking agent. Um, his name is, is Chad. He works at Nimble Slick Entertainment. Okay. And he tries to keep us busy. Um, you know, we've toured up and down the East Coast a fair amount. I think the furthest north that we've been is Buffalo, New York. Oh, wow. And the furthest south that we've been is Key West. Uh, do you out uh, west? Yeah, a few times we've been out west. Uh, not recently, not since uh, COVID, but we've uh, loved to go back. We 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 meant to go back uh last year, and it did not work out, unfortunately. But yeah, as far west, I think is Grand Junction, Colorado. That's the furthest west we've played. Okay, that's almost that's, almost that's, in Utah. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. You can see and also in, in between too. You know, we we've of course you know taken a couple different routes to get out there before. What's a quote typical tour look like is it a five cities at a 20 city uh i'd say more towards the five and the 20 we kind of we through uh trial and error <laughs> have learned that our music takes a lot of energy to play properly uh, yeah um if if we don't sweat while we're playing it and if we're not sore the next day we didn't do it right really um yeah so when we go out, we keep that in mind and we try not to stay out for more than two weeks. Um, oh, okay. Just because once you get past that two week mark, the show suffers. We're, we're running raw. We're running on fumes. Um, it's just, it's a matter of being able to give the right product every time. Right. When and also tour, not dying. <laughs> yeah. For, and then not dying is always. Yeah. Not yeah. die. Yeah. When, when you do a, a, a two week run like that, then do you, Play and then rest, play and then rest, or do you play, 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 rest, play, play, play? Uh, more towards the latter, probably. Like uh, probably yeah. a, block, a block of four or five shows, a day yeah. or two off a block of four or five shows, like that. And do you have a bus, or how do you guys travel? We have a medical shuttle. It is a Ford E350 uh, that we bought in a very sketchy way off Facebook Marketplace from a guy... Yeah out in the country down near Athens, Georgia, that bought it at a city auction from St. Paul, Minnesota. So it was a St. Paul, Minnesota medical shuttle. Um, <laughs> and we've since taken that and added some of our own modifications. We've got two bunks in the top 
and then like a sitting area and then some seats on the side. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's um the gas mileage is terrible, but at the same time it's riding in comfort and it's right. not enough. Uh, you can park it in some places that you would never be able to park an RV. My daughter and son-in-law did the the whole van life thing for a number of years. In fact, that's what they do for a living. They write a blog called Nomad Home, Nome with a G N, Nomad, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they did. They they they, uh, they said uh, Walmart, believe it or not, Walmart was so accommodating. Every Walmart they went to, they said, "Is it okay if we park out here and sleep tonight?" And said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, Walmart and Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah, oh, Cracker Barrel. Okay, they didn't, they didn't yeah. mention that. that. That's good to know. <laughs> But that's fun too because travel is such a bear on bands. You know, if if you don't have something like that, then you gotta put up a couple hundred bucks and a hundred to a couple hundred bucks a night for room for a five hundred dollar gig. You know, that's a last resort thing for us. Um, we we consider hotels a, a complete luxury. Uh, yeah, yeah. If if we need to, like, we will pay for a cheap hotel room. But typically, we will try to make friends with someone at the gig and stay with them. Yeah. Um, or we'll have something planned out beforehand with someone we know in the area. Uh, it's just, it's not something we can budget for. <laughs> That's fun. And and we've done that too. We've done that in Vermont. We, In fact, Bex Marshall, who is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was the uh, female blues acoustic woman of the year, or whatever, in the UK oh. for a number of years. And she played this little club that we go to in Vermont all the time. And at the end of the show, she was saying like anybody know of a good hotel here in town and i'm like well we got three bedrooms that we don't use stay at our place so they come walking in after their gig and it's like 3 4 o'clock in the morning and i've got my acoustics all sitting out she goes oh well these lovelies just have to be played you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there jamming with bex marshall till 5 30 in the morning it was a lot of fun oh that's so cool it is cool. I mean, the music scene is so cool when you got cool people, and that's what sounds like you guys are part of that vibe, you know. And it's neat because you 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 help each other up, and you support each other, and prop each other up, you know. And it, it's just such so refreshing and and exciting, you know. That's cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, that's all right. So uh, the next song we're going to talk about is called "Got That." It's from an album called "Fast and Loose with the Essentials." Yes, that's our debut debut full length. Um, full length, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, released in, I think, uh, it's a twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Whatever it is, it feels like forever ago. Uh, <laughs> How long yeah, have you guys uh, been together? Um, about eleven years. Wow. Uh, we played our first, I would say, real Doctor Bacon show in December of twenty twelve, December thirty first. Wow. Yeah. A New Year's party. Yeah, we thought the world was going to end, so we thought we might as well. You know. as well. Yeah. <laughs> the world's going to end, so we might as well have a party. Yeah, might as well have a big old party. Um, and uh, yeah, Fast and Loose at the Essentials, we recorded in Asheville, North Carolina, as well as um, in a couple other locations. We were kind of shopping around studios to see yeah. if we could like, find a home studio. And uh, so we recorded a lot of it at our base. He wasn't our bass player at the time, uh, but at Matt Gornto's house um, okay. in Asheville, North Carolina. And then we also recorded two songs in Weaverville, North Carolina, with Matt Williams um, at the Eagle Room, which that's a studio north of Asheville, mm-hmm. about like 25, 30 minutes north of Asheville. Matt does great work. He, he produces mostly funk um, and folky music as well, but he's, he's very, very cool. And then we also <laughs> did a battle of the bands in Wilmington, North Carolina, and won enough studio time to nope. record two, two more songs at a studio in Wilmington. How yeah. fun. Yeah. They did that at uh, Cardinal Baseball several years ago. We were in a cover band, so it, it was a battle of the bands thing, and we couldn't compete because we did covers, but they wanted us to perform, and you know, people loved us because they're playing. You know, people are walking into the ball game, we're playing songs that they know and they can dance to, whatever you know. Uh, whereas playing original music, people are like, oh, it's an interesting sound. Where's our seats? Let's go get a beer and a brat, you know, <laughs> whatever. Because they're at a baseball game, but yeah. the winner there, the winner there won uh, like. Uh, it was 10 hours recording time or something like that. It's huge, you know. It's 10 hours a lot of time. Oh, yeah. You can do a lot in 10 hours of your time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, let's give this a listen to because this is the song that really got me going this morning when I was uh first listening or first yeah, first listening to your music this morning, I guess I should say. The song is called Got That, our guest Miles Dunner, the band Dr. Bacon, here on the Music of America podcast. Mm-hmm. 
got that dr bacon with miles dunder here on the music of america podcast i'm your host tom pollard we've got a a special surprise coming up with the next song that we're going to talk about after we talk about the jingle that hits like a single that's the slogan for jingle lingo it's an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business and make it stand above the rest of the crowd. You know, think of all the musical jingles you've probably heard through the years, right? Who came up with that? Who wrote that jingle? Well, Jingle Lingo can and will put your business into higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs. Jingle Lingo, custom-made, custom-designed with you and for you through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter Connie Davis-Jackson. So check them out today and get to work on your own personalized musical jingle from Jingle Lingo, www.jinglelingo, the jingle that hits like a single. So we've got a surprise for people today, Miles, right? Miles Dunder, our guest here from Dr. Bacon, Asheville, North Carolina. What's yes, the, we do, Tom. <laughs> what's the surprise? The surprise is um, I have a song from our upcoming album that I'm going to play or that we're going to play for you today. Okay. And uh, nobody has heard this outside of the circle of the band. And it actually isn't even quite done. It's not mastered, but okay. I got permission from the producer, our, our, our man, Matt Gornto to bring it to y'all today as a sample. So uh, interesting before we play the song, cause my brother, my, my brothers like my show. Okay. <laughs> and like it so much, they give me really cool ideas. And my younger brother brought this up to the other day uh or a while back or whatever they re-released the underdubbed copy of band on the run by wings paul mccartney's band wings yeah and and uh so it got him thinking and you'll be the first person i asked this question when producing an album producing a song producing an ep whatever when do you know it's done that's a great question and that's uh, something i'd never thought of that before but how do you know you know Honestly, it depends on what you're going for. Yeah. Uh, it, it's completely up to perspective. Um, and I say that because as a music listener personally, I listen to both music that is extremely orchestrated and very like heavily produced. Like basically, you know, somebody sat in a room for weeks or months tweaking little things about this until it was completely perfect mm -hmm. before they released it. And I also really like some music that is raw like it seems like they just kind of set up in a room with some mics did it and then did the bare minimum to get it out as quickly as possible just to be like it's done uh -huh. um and i don't think that one is right i think it really does depend on the type of music that you're making you know uh with us we tend to be pretty meticulous because there's six of us and there's a lot of moving parts and if you don't mix that right and if you don't deliver it right then it doesn't really exhibit what we want it to be right um it it, it truly detracts from the sound when 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 the the sound isn't great but you know if you have a three-piece punk band or like a uh like a gritty around the edges psychedelic rock band then those types of blemishes are exactly what you're looking for right 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 when you've got six artists and six artists not not six guys playing music six artists that each have their contribution to that song through their mind, through their ears, through their eyes, what it has to look like. When you got that many chefs in the kitchen, I mean, the soup's going to be good, but it's going to take some time to cook. Yeah, you you have to know when to stop. Yeah. That That's a very important part of the studio in general. That That's not even like with just mixing and mastering, but like, you have to know when when you've got the take. You have to know when you can move on. Because uh -huh. if you don't, you're going to spend all day tracking those drums. And you're never, or you're going to spend all day trying to track that, that one guitar. Right. And you're never going to get your product out. Um, one band I really like is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. <laughs> no, you're dropping names. You're dropping so many names of bands I've never heard of before, and the names are hilarious. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. King, King, what is it? King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. How do you not buy an album just off the name? <laughs> now, these guys have made like 26 albums in the last 10 years. No um, kidding. Wow. They're incredibly productive, and the reason why they do that is because 
first of all, I think their lead singer is a workaholic workaholic insomniac. Um, but second of all, they are very kind of easy with when their music's done. You can tell that it's like, you know, they, they track it and it may yeah. not be like the absolute best track of that that there will ever be, but they're like, it's fine, whatever, you know? Yeah, just, just, yeah it, it's it's what we need. Mix it, put it out. Like, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, and our band isn't quite to that level of of work ethic and isn't quite to that level of of kind of having a system like that. But one thing we do know is that we like to record it raw and then polish it. Gotcha. Now, see, yeah. uh, my best friend is German. I'm Irish. And we have a an ongoing debate because German people tend to be extremely meticulous, detail-oriented. Oh, yeah. And Irishmen will go out and go bear hunting, grab a bear, throw him in the cab, and say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get another bear, do something with this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the Irishman, he's the German. And when we get together with music, uh, we'll spend maybe a half hour tuning instruments before we even start playing, you know, <laughs> because, well, because he, he's that meticulous. I'm like, you know, we're, we're not playing in front of 50,000 people. We're playing in front of each other. So, you know, let's just do this and have some fun anyway. So that's, that's, that's the same thing though. You got to know when to stop, you know, and you got to know when to be disciplined. So that's what we learn from each other. And we've been playing together for 20 years now, you know, Okay. And and, it, and it, that's good, you know, you, cause you need that, that balance. So I mean, the song, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say that, that dynamic is essential to so many bands. Yeah. Um, having, having someone that's like, you know, more like the, well, to quote our album title, a little more fast and loose with things. And then having someone that likes to keep it tight. Yeah. Um, and that can create strife, but at the same time, the product that you get from that is something that both of those forces wouldn't have been able to create independently. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, part of the reason why I'm building a studio here, when my mates come over and we just sit around and jam, I want to do. I want to be able to do this, Miles. I want to walk into this, the control room, hit power on, record, and close the door. You know, That's and then perfect. we'll just sit around and screw around for four hours. Oh yeah, and we might find 15 minutes of something that's really good here, and 30 seconds of something good over here, but start building stuff from there. Not you know, we're all in our late 60s or more, so we're not going to go out and burn the world down with our new sound but it's fun for us you know oh, yeah. yeah to be able it's to lay it down to listen to later is, is yeah. such, such an incredible pleasure you know you're 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 like frank zappa says you're decorating time you know and to be Love able that. to take a, snap, a snapshot of that time is is what recording is it's incredible and something to give to my kids and grandkids too so exactly cool. yeah it's, it's immortal well i'll succeed <laughs> so see what i did there see what i did there <laughs> so this tune something very important for people to know about it is that we didn't write it no way this song is by our drummer ben news old band which get ready for another crazy band name um his old band was called spicy mustache and the flavor savers <laughs> gotta love it <laughs> yeah so they were around Asheville in the early 2010s um and they're very kind of like funky hip hop. And Ben brought this song to the table years ago and was like, you know, this, this would be cool to like recreate because nobody's playing this anymore. The band broke up and yeah. it was recorded very minimally. It's on YouTube, but it's not on Spotify or anything like that. Uh, and Ben was like, this is a, a cool tune. And during COVID, you know, we, we were just like, Let's, we'll take anything we can get. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so so we, uh, we, we started messing around with it. And by the time we fleshed it out, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, we're, we're pretty good at this. Uh, yeah. this, this, this is something we haven't done before, but it's another angle that we can approach things from as Dr. Bacon. Uh, so it's not something that we created, but it's definitely something that we're keeping alive. <laughs> well, the, the phrase in music is you make it your own, right? Yes. And, and you made it your own and you made it your own, made it a Dr. Bacon song. So that's pretty cool, right? Yes. <laughs> well, you succeeded. So, hence the song, I, I Will Succeed is the name of the song. Heard for the first time in uncut, oh wait, no, rough draft. That's what we'll call it. The rough draft, right? Not the final yeah. cut, but the 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 almost final cut and debuting right here on the Music of America podcast. Let's give it a listen. The song I will succeed. Yeah. 
politicians and thieves Saving the nations for the capitalist needs Well, I start a manifest in my master plan So I'ma stand to stop this disaster at hand You grab a gun, get to work as fast as you can Cause slavery is no longer about what color a man you live In the land with success is fate The money we earn it with the beat that we take To take myself from the fate of the chain I'ma face my fate from the truth that I crave Seven dozen people's actions dead and gone I'm a god in a blaze the feds come in my home History repeats that America's warned It'll be followed because of a man on a microphone We'll succeed, Dr. Bacon, our guest, Miles Dunder from Dr. Bacon from Asheville, North Carolina, as we kick off the week in North Carolina here on the Music of America podcast. Well, Miles, uh, this is the my, it's kind of my favorite part of the show because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> we call this, this segment is called Shameless Self-Promotion. You guys have been doing this for 12 years, so you know how to promote yourself. Tell us how we can help you. Uh, y'all can help us by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, and in general, engaging with our social media because that algorithm is uh, is 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 a jerk. Um, <laughs> uh, 
And um, also do what you do when you want to support any band that you love, which is go see them live and buy their music and buy their merch. If you can do that for us, that'd be incredible. Uh, we've got a run coming up with our fellow Ashevillian band, uh, the Snozberries. Um, and this, that is going to be basically the week of the 26th through the 9th. So the 26th of February through the 9th of March. Um, we're in Boone on the 29th of February and then Charlotte on the 1st of March. And then uh, we are at Camp Kind, which is a music festival up in West Virginia, put on by our friends, the Kind Thieves on March the 2nd. Uh, that's at the Ace Adventure Resort. And then uh, March the 8th, we're at the Asheville Music Hall with the Snozberries. March the 9th, we are at the Poorhouse Music Hall in Raleigh, North Carolina. With, oh, sorry. No, March the 10th, we're at the Poorhouse Music Hall. Um, and then March the 9th, we're at the Hummingbird in Macon, Georgia. So if you like the sounds that we heard today, or you want to see these guys in person, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, uh, we've got a friend that lives in South Carolina and now that we're retired, we can drive to a lot of places and take our time. And on our way to South Carolina, we wanted to go through North Carolina, stop at Asheville and see what the music seems like there and stay a day or two up there. So I'll give you a heads up and we're headed that way for sure. Try and work out where we can catch a show. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, our next show is at the Palm Room in Wrightsville Beach. And that's just us. We're playing two sets and that's on the 16th of February. Busy people, man. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> we do what we can. <laughs> That's great. Well, Miles, thank you so much for your time. Miles Dunder from Dr. Bacon. Up next, we move to Black Mountain. We're going to meet with prog rock producer and musician Stephen Austin right here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.